0: minimum balance required. What's up, everyone? Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, and usually I am joined by my co-host, future college football Hall of Famer, Aaron Murray. But I've brought in my ace. I've brought in my replacement. Many of you know Aaron is in Hawaii this week. He is covering the Hawaii-BYU game on CBS Sports Network this weekend. So I think he's on the beach right now enjoying his time with his girlfriend, Sharon. So I called my buddy, my guy, Clint Bowling. Clint is a former offensive lineman for the University of Georgia, and he is in his seventh season currently with the Cincinnati Bengals as their starting left guard. Clint, I don't know about you, but I don't know any other podcast in the world that could swap out a future college football Hall of Fame co-host with a seven-year NFL vet. What say you, my man? How's everything going?
1: What's going on, bud? It just speaks to the versatility of the punt and pass podcast. It can do it all.
0: We can do it all. I think I'm switching the name this week from punt and pass to punt and blast because you blast people off the line of scrimmage sometimes. You certainly did that last week with a huge road victory over the Denver Broncos. Congrats to you. And the Cincinnati Bengals, aka the Cincinnati Bulldogs, because there's so many Georgia players up there, aka the Bungles. I will tell you yeah, what, go ahead, buddy.
1: Yeah, I mean we got four four Georgia guys on the team right now, and to be honest, that's that's a little bit light. We got uh, Geno Atkins, Sean Williams, and AJ Green, and uh, in the past we've had uh, up to around seven, eight, nine guys on the team from uh, Georgia.
0: It's crazy. That's got to make it fun, and uh, I appreciate you spending time. I know your family's getting in town for Thanksgiving. We're going to talk a little Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone tuned in. We'll get to that. I want to let everybody know that figuratively in college, we nicknamed you Big Daddy Bowling, but now literally we get to call you Big Daddy Bowling. You have a one-month-old baby girl, Emma. Tell us how that is being a father, especially during the football season, and congrats to you, and your beautiful wife Kelly on the birth of your beautiful daughter Emma.
1: Uh, it's been fun, you know. During the season was not an ideal time. It's been uh, it's been pretty crazy, you know. You. Missed uh, missed one day of practice on a Thursday uh, on October 19th when she was born, and then left on Saturday to go to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. So, uh, you know, it, it's been fun though. She uh, she sleeps really well. She does a good job. Uh, my my wife Kelly's been awesome. She uh, she does a good job taking care of her while I'm gone so much during the season. But uh, it's it's definitely been an enjoyable experience.
0: Absolutely, it's got to be awesome. And again, Emma is absolutely gorgeous. So. Congrats to you for outkicking your coverage, marrying someone that's a lot better looking than you are, and making a pretty tiny human. So, congrats man, that's got to be awesome. Speak to me about what it's like though in the NFL, especially during this time of year because Thanksgiving's tough. You know, you got to juggle family, you guys have a big game this weekend, now you have a newborn. I think a lot of people will be interested to know what it's like during Thanksgiving week with the one month old child juggling the responsibilities of being a starting left guard in the NFL.
1: Uh, it, you know, there's a, it's a lot going on, but you know, the in-laws just came in today. We're going to have a nice little Thanksgiving on Thursday. Uh, my father-in-law is doing the Turkey. Uh, and then this weekend, Emma's actually going to be able to go to the game. and oh, It'll sweet. be, uh, be her first time seeing dad play some football. Uh, so we got a big matchup against the Browns. Uh, has been a great year we're four and six right now but uh you know if you look at the standings we're one game out of the wild card and you know with a chance to uh win a couple games here coming up we'll uh kind of right to be uh be right there in it
0: yeah the afc is certainly a lot more open than the nfc is up to this point the nfc is extremely top heavy with some very very good teams leading the way but you just said it one game out of the wild card and this is the time of season where you really want to start playing your best ball. If you can string together and stack some wins late November, early December, you're going to put yourself in really good position. And I think the week after that, you guys have Pittsburgh, so a couple of division games, get some victories under your belt, and see what you can do late in December. Right?
1: Yeah, I mean, you always uh, you always want to play be playing well towards the end of the year. Same with uh, with college football. You know, you want to kind of be peaking as the season goes along, uh, but. Like you said, we're uh, we're right there in it. Hopefully we can make a little run here uh, with the next six games coming up.
0: Yeah, that would be sweet. All right, let's pivot to Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday of the year, and I thought of this really funny story. This is back in college. Clint and I were roommates for four years in college. Twitter had just came out. I know you remember this, and like nobody really knew what to do with Twitter at this point. I think I tweeted something out like, hey, what's everybody's favorite Thanksgiving dish? And I got roasted for like three and a half straight weeks by all of my roommates <laughs> for being a complete loser on Twitter. So I'll ask you a more apt question now that we're 28 years old and that you're a parent. What kind of wine will you be drinking at Thanksgiving or will you go straight to the brown water and dip into some
1: bourbon? Uh, you know, I'll probably start off with a couple of beers in the afternoon watching uh, watching some football. Okay. I, I i'm still gonna have to go to work on thursday we still have practice uh everything that day is just kind of condensed a little bit uh there's not as much break during the day so uh we'll probably be done around noon one o'clock and uh, get home in time to watch some football have a couple cold beers and uh probably have a glass of bourbon after uh after dinner sitting on the couch watching some nfl games sweet
0: now are your parents coming in town too jay and dad uh,
1: Jay and Deb uh, actually host Thanksgiving in Atlanta oh, I gotcha. uh, back home. So they uh, we're gonna they're gonna have the my side of the family all over uh, at my parents' house. And then they're actually heading out of town on Friday to go to a wedding in Arizona this weekend.
0: Oh man, they're all over the yeah. place. All right, cool. Yeah. Happy happy Thanksgiving to the Bowlings, happy Thanksgiving to the Lewises. And you know what? I'll shout out and say happy Thanksgiving to the Murray family as well. They're all over the place, but a big part of the Punt and Pass podcast. So happy Thanksgiving. Everybody listening. As for me, myself, I'm sure I'll probably splurge on a nice bottle of Cabernet. Clint, I'm going to enjoy Thanksgiving, and then I'll probably dip into the bourbon as well, late night for a nightcap.
1: Yeah, what uh, what do you guys got going on? Where are you guys? So we're back in
0: town, dude. We're in Atlanta for the first time in four years, and I think we're going to split it up. Uh, My parents do Thanksgiving at their house with the Butler family, Uh, Jackie's family has their own traditions as well so we're going to do it all i want to soak it all up take advantage of everything and then late night the best part is jackie uh we all do dessert at jackie's house which is when the good bottles of wine get brought out we might light a fire up if the weather permits and that'll be great so i'm fired up dude i'm glad to be back home and it's probably i can't wait till you're back home too man We'll, we'll do some big time thanksgivings with the baby girls that'll be fun
1: yeah, I can't wait, man. Fired up for uh, old Emma, Emma and uh, your future daughter That's to right. be, uh, set up some play dates.
0: That's right. All right. Let's get in to the football. A lot to talk about. It's rivalry week. It's week 13, a week before the conference championship games start up. And we have an awesome slate of games. There's a ton of good football on this weekend. For everybody that listens, you guys can get in on the action at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler 13. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11. And Clint is a big time tweeter. He is at Sea Bowling 60. And on Instagram, I think somebody made a fake Instagram account for Clint. And the best part about their fake Instagram account is they blocked Clint's wife <laughs> from being able to interact with them. But I think that did it get from Twitter? I mean, Instagram?
1: Uh, To be honest, I haven't even seen it. The best part about it is is there's some old school Clint Bowling high school football pictures on there. And uh, there's some pretty funny pictures, but I don't know who runs it. Uh, My (laughs) wife tried to get it shut down at some point, and they shut her down.
0: (laughs) That is is a savvy move by whoever jumped on the C Bowling 60 Instagram handle. But Clint is on Twitter, at C Bowling 60, so holler at him. Let him know what you thought about it. His first showing on the Punt and Pass podcast this week called Punt and Blast. I like that. All right, so the games we're going to cover today, Clint. Number seven, Georgia travels to Atlanta to take on Tech at the Flats. The Iron Bowl is absolutely massive this year. Number one, Alabama at number six, Auburn. I like this game. This game is sneaky right here. Number two, Clemson at South Carolina. That's Saturday night. We're going to have to touch on number three, Miami, going to Pittsburgh. And we'll wrap it up since you're an Ohio guy, number nine, Ohio State, at number 24, Michigan in the big game. And then maybe if we have time, number eight, Notre Dame, at number 22, Stanford. First thing I want to ask you, though, it's been blowing up all over the place. My boy Baker Mayfield got into a little bit of trouble last week, comes out on Monday with a solid press conference and gives everybody crocodile tears of the century, the fakest tears I think I've ever seen like, he re- he looked like he went to acting school on that one. I'm so sorry. I'm so mad I'm not a captain, especially on senior day. A couple tears out of each eyeball. I mean, give me a break, right, Clint? This is a total joke. I don't even, I mean, I know he got in trouble for it. It's probably best that they did strip his captaincy, but to not start him, it won't make a difference against West Virginia. This thing has gotten blown way out of proportion.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, uh, he, he took a, a one eighty pretty quick from the old nut grab to, uh, the <laughs> crying at the press conference. Uh, so it was, uh, it was an interesting couple of days. I mean, the guy just, uh, he reminds you a little bit of Johnny football, just yeah. out there making plays and, uh, has some antics on the sidelines. And it's just going to be a question of, you know, all you got to do is get one NFL team to, to like you. And that's all that matters. And You know, as long as you keep making plays, somebody's going to take a fire on you. No
0: question. And he is getting that comparison to Johnny Manziel, for better or worse. Um, And and you would be able to speak on it as well as anyone. Do you think NFL GMs are going to have this play into their um, prediction of where he'll go in the draft? I mean, I think when he goes to the combine, when he has these personal meetings, they're going to sit him down and be like, dude, you just need to relax a little bit. Like, if you're going to be the starting quarterback in the NFL, just tone it down a bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, they definitely talk, you know, in the meetings and the in the pre-draft process. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, it's interesting just, you know, I don't I, you know, I think as long as, like I said, one team likes him, one team buys into, you know, his confidence and, you know, whatever he puts out on the field. That's all that really matters. And, uh, you know, ends up somebody ends up taking a flyer on him and, you know, the GM's probably going to write their ticket with him. Kind of like those guys in uh, Cleveland did with Johnny Football, and yeah. you know, after a couple of years, it doesn't go well. They're gonna bring in some new people.
0: It's crazy. I mean, they are absolutely crucifying him. I got ESPN on in my in my house right now, and like that's all they're talking about for the first ten minutes is Baker Mayfield. He is a stud, though. He probably already oh, has the Heisman wrapped up.
1: Over under. When does he come back into the game after the first possession? I,
0: I mean, I think so. Right? It doesn't make any yeah, sense to it, keep him out any longer. They got they got big things to play for.
1: Yeah, there's no way it lasts longer than a series.
0: Speaking of just absolute lunacy on the television, did you watch LeVar Ball on CNN last night? Because that was the most insane thing I've – in 20 minutes, my head was spinning. I was like,
1: what the hell is going on? Yeah, I mean the guy just. Uh, how do you not prepare yourself a little bit better if you're Chris Cromo? <laughs> Google Chromo. Chris Mo. Uh, for for what's about to happen because that I I didn't see the whole thing. I saw mainly clips of it, but man, that was a, that was a roller coaster of a ride.
0: Do you have any big baller brand apparel, shoes, shirts, hats? What do you got?
1: Uh, I personally don't, but I've seen it in the locker room.
0: <laughs> oh, so big baller <laughs> brand making moves in the NFL. Yeah. Maybe we'll try to get LeVar on the podcast, give him a, a means to reach out to everybody out here in the Southeast tuning in.
1: Yeah, I mean, it uh definitely could could draw draw some numbers.
0: <laughs> okay, finally, let's dip into the football. We start here with Georgia for good reason. And Clint, number seven, Georgia, travels to Georgia Tech. This game was chosen to be on at 12 p.m on abc georgia is an 11 point favorite i'm just gonna ask you a quick question off the bat does tech have any chance to win this game
1: uh i don't think so i think georgia's uh they've been playing great all year i think you can continue to see that you know tech's been uh been struggling they Like you know, they they give up a ton of rushing yards. Just got beat at Duke the other weekend. So obviously, you never know with a rivalry game. But at the same time, Georgia's obviously just got superior talent on the field.
0: Yeah, it's not even close this season. I mean, the scared factor for me goes back to two thousand nine. Tech was a top five team in the nation. We were just fighting for bowl eligibility and we beat them and it was an awesome game neither team punted but it was a huge win and then we went on to the independence bowl which was an absolute blast but that would be absolutely devastating not only to me personally but I think to every single Georgia fan I can be pretty objective when it comes to Georgia football a couple weeks ago didn't really feel good about the Auburn matchup this week if Georgia loses Clint I will be I mean, I will be a recluse. I will shut down. I will be so upset. Both of my brothers-in-law went to Georgia Tech. It will be nothing short of awful. It straight up can't happen. Tech needs to win to become bowl eligible. They've beaten Georgia two out of the last three seasons, but Georgia's got to win to keep their college football playoff hopes alive. You mentioned it. Tech allowed 319 rushing yards just a week ago to Duke. How do you think Jake Fromm plays in his first Tech game?
1: uh he, the guy's been in some big situations all year you know he goes up uh wins a football game at notre dame uh what was it first or second start on the second year
0: Start, yeah first start uh, second game
1: uh so you know he, he's been in those situations this year and he's been able to pull out some wins and and basically you know with their running game they kind of remove a lot of the the needs for him to make plays out of the game so i think as long as they can go up there and continue running the ball and you know as uh georgia tech did last week you know there's not a you know giving up 300 yards to to duke you can kind of see that trend continuing with georgia getting after them with uh chubb and sony michelle
0: how much fun would it be to, to be a lineman with the stable of running backs that they have that you just open up a small hole and that thing has got a chance to go to the house
1: yeah, that's uh, you know when I first got to Georgia, our first couple of years, we uh, we kind of had that same you know between NoShawn and Thomas Davis, we had a a pretty good stable Thomas there. Brown. Thomas, Thomas Brown, Thomas Davis, Thomas Davis. It'd be plays good. Linebacker it'd be good. Uh, sorry, uh, but yeah, we had we had some great backs then, and uh, you know with with however with as many guys as Georgia has right now running the ball, it's uh, it's pretty impressive.
0: I heard a statistic today. Chubb obviously had a huge weekend last week against Kentucky, had his third season rushing for over 1,000 yards. Only other player to do that, I think, was Herschel Walker. I don't think Gurley got that done. But in that fourth season, he had over 700 yards before getting his knee shattered against Tennessee. So if he would have stayed healthy, he would have been knocking on Herschel's record for total rush yards at Georgia, which is absolutely unbelievable to think about. And, Clint, I know you've had to deal with a knee injury. It's really unbelievable how he came back not only to really be able to walk and be athletic but run as efficiently as he has and set himself up for what should be a pretty prominent NFL career
1: yeah you know, I, I had the same uh I had an ACL a couple years ago I don't know what other ligaments that he had done but I'll tell you what man medical technology right now it's unbelievable how good these doctors are at repairing those kind of things uh I know when I went through mine, I think um, I had surgery December 31st and I was back uh, ready for training camp at the end of July that next year. Um, so it's really unbelievable how, how good these doctors are and, you know, not to make light of how easy uh, saying it's easy to come back, but it's obviously a ton of work on top of that through the rehab process. And, you know, I would imagine that Nick Chubb did uh, was was good with that as hard as he works and uh, came back that next year. And, and it's been pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, it has been pretty impressive. I think Georgia will start the game out, hand it off, get a lot of short yardage situations on second and third down, move the chains, and then really just continue to take advantage of how well those receivers have been playing. Terry Godwin, Javon Wims, Miko Hardman's a freak, not only on offense, but he can make a difference in special teams as well. I think Georgia rolls. I don't think Tech has a chance in hell, and that's not me just saying that as a fan because this week I am a fan they're not a good football team. I'd love Coach Roof, Georgia Tech's defensive coordinator, the first college coach to offer me a scholarship at Duke. I still play golf with him in the offseason. It's a little name drop for you, Clint. But Tech's got no shot. Um, their offense has not been as consistent as it had been. If Georgia can keep them out of those third and short situations, it could get ugly early at Bobby Dodd Stadium.
1: Yeah, I think the only way that uh – you know Georgia Tech has the chances. You know I think there were some penalties early on in the Auburn game that ended up hurting the dogs that weren't able to uh, get off the field. Um, you know some personal fouls in that nature, some turnovers. Uh, so that's the only way I, I I see it being close. But at the same time, you know, like, like we've said, Georgia just has superior talent, and uh, I would look for them to to win big as well.
0: All right, so the line is Georgia minus eleven. They're covering. There's no doubt. This could be blood bank guarantee of the week. I say Georgia covers. What about you?
1: Uh, I would agree as well.
0: Okay, and I just got a text message. Aaron Murray checking in from Hawaii. He says Georgia covers also. So that's three straight picks in a row. The dogs are covering that 11 points in Atlanta. Next game, Clint, huge game. It's the Iron Bowl. Number one, Alabama is heading over to Auburn. Auburn is the sixth-ranked team in the nation right now. This game's on at 3.30 p.m. CBS, Brad Nessler, Gary Danielson, Allie LaForce. Bama is a four-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. And, Clint, get this. The Iron Bowl winner has played in the national championship game seven out of the last eight seasons. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a good matchup. It's, uh, it'll be fun to watch on TV. Um, but that's a, that's an impressive number seven out of the late eight seasons playing in the uh, national championship between those two teams is, uh, is quite the run.
0: So, okay. So, so Auburn dismantled Georgia just two weeks ago, 40 to 17. Georgia was the number one team in the nation. Auburn right now is one of the hottest teams in the nation. They do have two losses. Can they beat the number one team in the nation two times in three weeks? That's a big ask.
1: Uh, you know, they get to play both of those games at home. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a big factor, you know, to go on the road and win twice like that is, is another thing. But, you know, they played, uh, you know, basically had a bye weekend last week to uh, to get ready for this game against whoever they played. And then to have uh, to be at home again against Alabama, I think that's going to be uh, going to be a big uh a big matchup and a big positive factor for Auburn.
0: As an offensive lineman, okay, on the road, especially in a hostile environment like Jordan-Hare Stadium in a huge rivalry game because Georgia-Auburn is a gigantic rivalry game, not as big as the Iron Bowl for obvious reasons. How tough is it dealing with that crowd noise? We hear about it from Aaron, who's the one giving out the calls, but a lot of the times the offensive <laughs> linemen are the one. Who have to communicate with each other and then get it to the quarterback to let him know what the hell's going on? It's a real thing that you have to deal with and prepare for throughout the week.
1: Yeah, you know they, uh, you know what we do here, especially on the road during practice. When we go on the road during practice through the week, we'll have crowd noise for the offense to uh, to deal with and to try and prepare ourselves for that. But uh, it's definitely challenging, and especially in those situations where you know you're back a third down, you know, times where you need to have the most uh, the best communication. That's when when that's when it gets the loudest, it's it's a tough environment. And especially, you know, when coming off of a turnover, you know, they get a little bit of momentum going. That crowd really plays into it. And it's hard. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You know, you go to a place like that and uh, to try and win, it'll be a big challenge.
0: For sure. Bama's front seven, I I would have to say, and it's really hard to say right now if Georgia has a halfway decent game, but I would think they're going to be a bit more dominant than Georgia was able to be against Auburn just a couple weeks ago. Earlier this year, when the season started, the strength of Alabama's team was their linebacker depth. They had like 10 deep at linebacker. Nick Saban was talking about it before the season started. This is what our defense relies on. This is where we start and finish. I think five of those guys are out. Can Bama or Is Bama ready with the amount of injuries they're dealing with to take on Auburn, especially if Auburn plays like they did against Georgia, which I don't think will happen. Lightning may not strike twice in three weeks.
1: Yeah, you know, it's impressive how Alabama just, you know, they reload. They have a guy like Reuben Foster, first-round pick to uh, the 49ers, and uh you know you watch them early on in the year against Florida State I remember and it was just like they just bring in the new wave of players it's crazy. and it's unbelievable how well they recruit and how how deep they are and obviously it's going to be tested this weekend but uh you know I, I I'm sure they have a, a, a some young highly recruited guys that are going to be in a tough spot but uh definitely will be talented guys that'll still be out there maybe yeah. just not have the experience
0: yeah they're going to need to get comfortable quick because you know when auburn played georgia and they went east west in that read option georgia was able to stop them but when carryon johnson was like falling forward for 6 8 yards a clip that's that's where the game got out of hand that delayed read option or even when carryon johnson was back there in the wildcat and he would keep it it was crazy you got to give a lot of credit to the offensive lineman for making that happen do you see carryon johnson having that effect on the game um as, as he did against Georgia with Alabama and their front seven.
1: Yeah. I mean, anytime you can, you can run the ball. I mean, it's just, it's a game changer, especially it's pretty demoralizing when you, when you hit the guy, you make contact and then they, they get another four or five yards, uh, you know, falling forward. So, um, you know, I think, uh, Alabama is going to be, probably be able to to handle them up front a little bit better than, than Georgia did. But, uh, you know, like like we said, if they're able to do those things, and Auburn Auburn's able to pull out a win, I think.
0: Who do you think has to have the better game for Auburn if they are to win? Carry on Johnson or Jarrett Stidham, their quarterback.
1: I, I would imagine the quarterback. You know, obviously, I think the ball is going to be in, in in Johnson's hands a little bit. But you know that if that quarterback's able to convert a couple third and eights, third and sixes, uh, to keep them on the field and, and not turn the ball over. You know, I think that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be a bigger factor.
0: No question. I mean, when he gets outside the pocket, he has the ability to push the ball downfield still. But it, when he gets to sit in the pocket and deliver the ball with accuracy, uh, he can do it with the best of them in the nation. There's no doubt about that. Okay. On the flip side, who has to be the biggest game changer for Alabama if they're going to win? I'm going to give you three offensive names: Jalen Hurts, Damian Harris, the running back, or Calvin Ridley, the receiver.
1: Uh, you know, I'm going to go same thing with the quarterback. I think it's going to be a a similar situation to the Auburn quarterback. You know, he, he's a little bit more mobile. He makes some, uh, some more plays, uh, scrambling, getting out of the pocket. And, uh, it's going to be the same situation. Is he able to turn a a third and six scramble on the ball for a 20, 25 yard gain to, uh, to kind of get them in a position to score, and I think uh, I think that's what it's going to come down to.
0: It's pretty wild how he is still so young, just a true sophomore, and has so much poise in big, big-time situations. He did it a couple weeks ago against Mississippi State. He just continues to do it every single week. Nothing phases this guy. This week could be different, though. Auburn is... Very good. And before Auburn played Georgia and beat them by 23, I was seeing some future lines on this game, Clint, where Alabama was a 10 point favorite. Auburn whoops up on Georgia. That line moved to three. It's back up to four and a half. So it's you know Vegas is saying that Bama is seven points better than Auburn right now with the home three points factored in. What's gonna happen, dude? And and, and I want you to tell me. If Alabama's going to cover, if Auburn's going to win, and who does Georgia want to play more in the SEC championship game?
1: Uh, I think they probably. I think Georgia would probably play rather play Auburn again. I I think think to, I think to play them twice within the span of a month, whatever whatever it was, a couple weeks. I think to beat a team twice in that short span of a time, I think that's hard. Um, And especially coming off like a big emotional win against Alabama, you know, I think that's uh, that's a team. I think Georgia would prefer. To play a team like Auburn that they've already seen and, and, and can try to correct some of those mistakes earlier in the year, um, you know as far as as far as the pick, I I, I like Auburn. I think at home really to win yeah. and cover. Um, I, I I like them covering, and I wouldn't be shocked if they won. Okay. I, I really, you know, I think they uh, they've been playing well. They got some momentum. You know, we'll see what happens.
0: All right, so Big Daddy Bowling takes the points. He wants the home dog, which he's prone to do. Um, I talked to Clint throughout the college football season, most often on Friday nights and Saturday mornings, again, for obvious reasons. What I think will happen, and and Clint, before I give you my pick, I think Georgia would much rather play Auburn as well. You can speak to this as an NFL player. When you get to play a division opponent, you know, two times in four weeks or sometimes – uh, two times in three weeks it plays into the advantage probably of the team if they're evenly balanced which i think Georgia and Auburn are the team that wins the first time is probably at a disadvantage the next time they play for you know many reasons other than the fact that they get a chance at revenge auburn is not 23 points better than georgia i mean let's be honest it was 20 to 7 at half georgia stops them on third down coming out of the second coming out for the second half fumbles a punt the route was on Auburn is not 23 points better than Georgia. The best-case scenario for Georgia is this, a knockdown, dragout drag-out fight in the Iron Bowl, and Auburn makes like a 48-yard game-winning field goal, emotions run high. Georgia would beat Auburn by 14-plus in the SEC championship game. That's a fact, okay? That's not a hot take. That's <laughs> an absolute fact. Now, what I think will happen, all right? I think Alabama's going to win. I, I just I don't have it in me. To say that Jalen Hurts is going to do enough to mess the game up for Auburn. I mean, for Alabama. Excuse me. I don't think Auburn's able to put together two massive performances in three weeks and beat the number one ranked team in the nation, Alabama being the second one, twice in three weeks. So, I, you know what? I'll take the points as well. But I think Alabama wins a classic Iron Bowl. This is going to be a great game. Everybody will be able to tune in after Georgia beats Tech by like forty points, hopefully. But this game is going to be the game of the day, maybe the game of the year. And one more question, Clint: You took Auburn to win, right? You going to go with that? I I, I don't need a wishy washy answer. I need: Will Auburn win? You took the points. Who's going to win the game? Uh, I'll,
1: I'll, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Auburn. Okay. Still, I like Auburn to win and to uh, with the points.
0: Okay, so Clint money takes, line, money and line, four and, and four and a half. All right. I take Alabama to win, but give me the points with Auburn. And I just got another text message. Aaron Murray checking in again from the beaches of Oahu. He thinks Auburn wins outright, so give him the points. He's on board with Clint. Money line and points. All right, Clint, one more before we get on to our next game. Is the Iron Bowl winner going to be in the national championship game again?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I would So you think if Auburn
0: wins, they can maintain enough momentum? To win two more games or one more game,
1: oh, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know. Does uh, does Auburn as a three? Let's say Georgia beats them in the SEC championship. I don't know if a three loss Auburn team gets in. Okay, I think Alabama could potentially lose to Auburn and still get in. I know,
0: dude, I think so too. Dude, there is so much that's gonna happen with the college football playoff poll and the committee after conference championship week. It's gonna be an absolute mess. And the beauty of it is, is if Georgia takes care of business. They'll be in. They'll be in, and they won't have to worry about it.
1: Yeah, I think if you you ask them before the season, they could be uh, was it ten and one or uh, eleven and one going into the SEC championship with a chance for the playoff. I think everybody says yes. No so, question.
0: No question. Yeah. All right. So huge iron Bowl coming up. I take Alabama, but I I want the points with Auburn. Clinton Aaron both take Auburn to win out. Right. All right. This next game, Clint, I think it's a great one. And this I've been on this bandwagon since week one of the season. Number two, Clemson travels to South Carolina. Clemson is a two-touchdown favorite. Clemson minus fourteen, seven thirty PM on ESPN inside Williams Bryce Stadium in Columbia. South Carolina this is a huge rivalry game and I think Will Muschamp has an opportunity right here to hang his hat on a landmark victory in his second season as South Carolina's head coach Clemson's performed big time in big games the past three seasons do you think they can deliver again or will they get caught looking towards Miami and the ACC championship game
1: uh, you know, to be honest, I don't know if South Carolina can score with Clemson. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if their offense is uh, dynamic enough to put up that many points. Well, I can uh, give you
0: the answer. They're not. They're not dynamic yeah. enough.
1: Uh, and, and I just don't see them making enough stops on defense. You know, I, like I said earlier, I love the home dog, but I, I don't know about this situation. I just don't know if they can keep up with Clemson in this game.
0: I, I think you're I think you're spot on and, and I've had a bit more of a of a a hotter take on Clemson. I think Clemson might be the best team in the nation if they're healthy. If Kelly Bryant is healthy, their defense is for real. They can score points at a very very high clip. I mean, this is a team I wouldn't say on Oklahoma's level, but when they're out there, they're they're eligible to to take it for seven at any position on the field. I like Clemson a lot. I think they cover the 14 points. They have to make a statement. I know they're number two. I would expect them to stay at number two in the college football playoff poll this week. I think they make a huge statement on the road against an SEC opponent, even though South Carolina has proven to be a hard-nosed and disciplined team like Georgia saw three weeks ago between the hedges against South Carolina, only scoring 24 points. But Clemson's got a prolific offense, and their defense is for real. So I'm going to lay the 14 points here, and uh, I'll just tell you right now, I I love the Clemson-Miami matchup for Clemson. I'm sorry, Coach Richt, but Clemson's for real, dude. I'm sorry they lost on a Friday night in Syracuse. Throw that out the window. They're undefeated, and people are saying they're a legitimate contender to Alabama again.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're they're a talented. They're a talented group like we were saying earlier. I just don't think South Carolina can keep up with them. Uh, the next weekend's matchup, I think they're probably looking ahead to it and it's not going to matter in this this game this weekend. I think Clemson's going to end up rolling and they're looking forward to a big Miami matchup. Uh, you know, staring down coach Rick in the turnover chain.
0: Oh, turnover chain, turnover chain, turnover chain. Do, does the Clemson South Carolina game have a name? I have no idea.
1: You're probably not uh, the first guy to ask either. No, I, I I'm not aware if there is.
0: Okay, that that could be our social media challenge of the week. What is the name of the Clemson South Carolina rivalry game? I remember a couple years ago, or more than a couple years ago, where they had that knockdown dragout fight on the field. That is awesome. And Clint, if I know you like I think I do, you'd be the first one in there, dude. Keep the helmet on and just throw bows. Am I
1: right? <laughs> uh, that you know you got to keep the helmet on. That's a that's a day one something that you got to learn anytime there's a fight that breaks out don't rip your helmet (laughs) off and start trying to look tough
0: (laughs) you should have told your boy aj green that a few weeks ago on the field when he duked it out with jalen ramsey interesting move but he body slammed the hell out of that dude that was pretty sweet so props to aj
1: yeah you don't ever see that out of that guy too often you know he's uh he's a little bit quieter and reserved and uh you know, it just, uh, something set him off. And, and that was, uh, that was the end of it.
0: <laughs> okay. But now that you're a dad, do you not walk towards the sideline and like go get a Gatorade or a cup of water and just, you know, keep the face looking right, keep the hands. Okay.
1: Uh, you know, to be honest, I, early in my career, there was a couple of training camp scuffles, a couple of training camp fights, definitely got into a couple at Georgia. And as I've gotten older, I've just kind of strayed away from that. It just doesn't really happen that, the coaches are very adamant that no fighting of naturally it happens, of course, during training camp, blocking the same guys every single day and and tempers start to flare. Uh, but I've I've kind of gotten away from that as I've gotten older.
0: I've got a good training camp story that I think you'll remember. This is I think in the preseason of two thousand eight. Georgia was ranked number one preseason. Uh, you just said it. Guys go, you know, ones against ones the entire summer. It's hot as hell outside. Everybody hates each other at this point in the season. And a certain Stacy Searles, who is now the offensive line coach and run game coordinator at Miami with Coach Rick, was chatting it up with a certain Jeremy Lomax. And Lomax was a defensive end, and it was ones on ones during 11 on 11. And they had a few choice words for each other. And I think Searles had challenged him to get to the quarterback. And Lomax took it extremely literal. Matthew Stafford drops back to pass, and Lomax blindsided him and absolutely dropped him. I mean, full-on brawl started that day. I think you remember that one.
1: Yeah, that was that would be a hard one to forget. I think uh, he blindsides Matthew, of During course. During practice. Can't hit the quarterback. <laughs> uh, and Searles did not like that. Coach Searles, excuse me. Uh, he did not like that, and uh, I think he, of course, was the first one in, in Jeremy Lomax's face, and it just escalated from there. That's
0: uh, that's classic. I'm sure being seven years in the NFL, you've got a lot of those stories, but that one stands out on its own. Speaking of Coach Searles, speaking of Coach Rick, Miami plays on Friday. That's right, Friday at 12 noon on ABC Miami, the third-ranked team in the nation, travels to Pittsburgh. And, Clint, you've played in Heinz Field. I've played at Heinz Field as well. It's supposed to be 50 degrees at kickoff. If you know Pittsburgh, it could jump to 80 in the second quarter then start snowing in the third quarter and then be like a nice spring day in the fourth quarter. I'm worried, Clint. I'm worried for Coach Rick because this is going to be a tough environment. It's not going to be crowded. It's the day after Thanksgiving. I know I'll be, like, working off. Uh, Just so many calories from the day before on Thanksgiving. Can Miami be caught looking ahead towards Clemson in the ACC championship, or did Miami get a wake-up call that they needed a last week ago against Virginia?
1: Uh, you know, they, they definitely came out a little slow, and I, I've been messing with a, a, a teammate of mine that used to play for uh, the Hurricanes, uh, Eric Winston, and I keep telling him, I go, just wait for it. Just wait for that one game a year where uh, where they're going to let you down, uh, where, you, where you lose a game that you should win. Yeah,
0: yeah. and you know, uh, that,
1: unfortunately for Coach
0: Rick, that reputation precedes him um, just based on facts. I mean, what's happened? And I don't know if you can blame Coach Rick or just blame the players for not showing up every single
1: week. Yeah, you know we were the best nine and three team in the country. We always make that joke, (laughs) (laughs) but um, you know it's just it's just one of those things. I think, um, you know, you got those Miami guys down there that are used to that seventy five and sunny. They get up to Pittsburgh and that weather drops a little bit. You know, on the road, looking ahead to the Clemson matchup. you know, it's I I, tough, I don't man. know if they I don't know if they win or uh, Pittsburgh wins, but I, I, I definitely like the points plus 14 in this game. Oh,
0: so you're going to take the points. I will. I will also I'll take the points. Give me the home dog here. I want the 14 points. I think it's going to be a slow start. I think Pittsburgh's got a lot to play for just to kind of save their season and say, hey, we beat a top five team. And Clint, my whole thing about Miami is this. They've been so heavily reliant on turnovers. I mean, look at just a week ago. They get a few picks. They get a pick six late. They end up covering the spread. But if they weren't able to get those turnovers in the second half, Virginia was going to beat them. I mean, can you? You've played football for a long time. Are turnovers something that you absolutely rely on, or do you work towards it throughout the week and just say, hey, we need to be positive in that category?
1: Uh, you, you, it's just, it's one of those things you always talk about turnovers and third downs. Yeah. Uh, staying on the field on offense, getting off the field on defense and turnovers. Uh, you, you know, if it doesn't happen, if you don't get any on defense and you don't turn it over on offense, I think that's all you can ask for. For sure. Uh, just taking care of the football, you know, Miami's obviously thrived in that this year, but, um, you know, like we said, I think going up to Pittsburgh, uh, I think it's going to be a battle late and, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not sure if they win, but, I think it's going to come down to the fourth quarter for Pittsburgh.
0: All right, cool. So you like the home dog. Give him the 14 points. I don't think I got your pick on that Clemson-South Carolina game. What did you want? Did you want the home dog, or are you taking Clemson to blow no, out?
1: No, I'll, ta- I'll take Clemson.
0: Yeah, I took Clemson also, um, so I'll lay the 14 points. Clint lays the 14 points also. And, dude, I'm getting another text message right now. Aaron Murray loves punt and pass. He thinks South Carolina covers. He's been doing pretty good against the spread this season for a novice gambler. So – Props to him. He wants the points. He wants the home dog. I guess he's been learning from Clint Big Daddy bowling. But Clint and I, back to the Miami game. We both want Pittsburgh. Aaron is not interested in that game. All right, Clint, you're an Ohio guy. The big game. Number nine, Ohio State at number 24, Michigan. This game is at 12 p.m. on Fox this Saturday. Ohio State is a double-digit favorite. They're giving 12 points. Do you follow Ohio State a lot? I hate Ohio State, but I think Ohio State could be Georgia's bowl matchup if they don't win the SEC championship.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's definitely possible. I'm not a huge Ohio State fan. Everybody here loves them. Everybody here in Cincinnati loves Ohio State football (laughs) and loves Kentucky basketball. Oh
0: my! I mean, does it get worse than that?
1: Because they are right in the middle of both of them, and they love love both of them. I mean, Um, tell me
0: two more you know, I I not I don't know these guys, so I can't give you like a definitive judgment on them, but John Calipari and Urban Meyer may be the two most unlikable coaches in all of America. Am I far off on that?
1: I could get I could agree with you a, a little bit about that. And talk about has anybody lost more steam than John Harbaugh at Michigan?
0: Oh, dude, Jim Harbaugh. Give me Jim. a break, dude. I mean, this guy, I don't know if you follow Clay Travis on Twitter, but he is like on this crusade just to prove out of how big of a mediocre coach jim harbaugh is and let me tell you who is right on his heels if he jumps back into the business john gruden dude is a 500 coach in the nfl he won a super bowl with tony dungy's players he got ran out of tampa bay if he takes the tennessee job i will be thrilled he's not that good of a coach
1: yeah, you can't tell me. The guy's got a great gig with ESPN, and you're going to tell me he's going to come in and start wanting to recruit high school kids? Give me a I just break, don't, dude. I just don't see it. The guy's doing Corona commercials right now. And then Hooters. Working for ESPN and Hooters, and he's just—I just I just don't see him flipping the switch to wanting to go recruit high school kids.
0: Life is good for John Gruden. There ain't no way that he's moving to Knoxville, Tennessee to hobnob with parents of entitled five-star recruits, dude. There's no chance he's doing that I think Dan Mullen goes to Tennessee and I think Gus Malzahn goes to Arkansas okay if Alabama beats Auburn this weekend write it in stone Gus Malzahn is going to be your next head coach at Arkansas the the head coaching carousel in the SEC this offseason is going to be mind-blowing mind-blowing who takes the Florida job Clint
1: uh, you know, I've seen Chip Kelly's name tossed around. I've seen uh, Scott Frost's name. I think Scott tossed Frost around. is a good name. Chip uh, Kelly's
0: going to UCLA.
1: Yeah, I see Chip. You know, he's a, he's kind of a West Coast guy. Uh, I could see that as well. But um, it, it, it's crazy how many jobs are opening up this year. Uh, it really is. But you know, if I had to if I had to make a guess for the Florida job, I'd probably go with Scott Frost.
0: I think so too. That makes the most sense. Okay, back to your boy Jim Harbaugh and Urban Meyer. Ohio State, 12-point favorite. This game is at the Big House in Ann Arbor. I just got another text message. Aaron Murray, he thinks Ohio State covers. Ohio State might be the most inconsistent team in college football this year. Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, he has yet to beat Urban Meyer, could save their season. I know I've said save their season like 12 times in this episode, but that's the type of year it is. I don't know. You don't think Michigan wins outright, do you?
1: No, I think I, I could see Ohio State. Michigan's been struggling all year. I don't, I don't really see that. The Ohio State Iowa loss is mind blowing to me. Did not oh see that God. happening. They thirty one points. Iowa hung half a hundred on them. <laughs> uh, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I just don't see something like that happening again. I see, I see Ohio State winning, covering and uh, you know getting out early on them too.
0: Okay, I, I'm gonna agree with you as well. Okay, Ohio State covers. They win probably by two touchdowns or more. Aaron Murray agrees. Clint agrees. Clint also likes Pittsburgh as a home dog. He likes Clemson to cover 14. He likes Auburn with the points and outright. And then he thinks Georgia is going to roll on the flats. Clint, this has been fun, man. Thanks so much for taking time. I know your in-laws just got in town there in Fort Thomas, Kentucky. Was this planned? Did you want to come on the Punt and Pass podcast so you could have like an hour by yourself and your boy Drew Butler when your in law showed up?
1: Uh it was not planned. Just worked out this way. You know, I, I've been waiting for the phone call to get onto the podcast Dude, all in. year long, and I feel like I've just been pushed down the list. I'm surprised <laughs> I was not one of the first phone calls, but, you know, it just shows where we stand. So well, I got
0: I I to say, it. Brad Nestler and David Pollack do go a bit ahead of my guy, Clint Bowling. But you know what? When I needed a reliever, when Aaron's soaking up the sun on the beaches of Oahu, I called Clint and I said, Clint, I need your hot takery and most importantly, your gambling picks because that's what people come here for. And I think this weekend you have a real chance to go 5-0, and 5-0. Oh. Oh. Have you ever done that before?
1: Uh, I, I've had some good picks, some good weeks. Uh, this year, I, I, it's been a hit or miss, so we'll see how it goes. All right, I, dude. I, I feel confident in my picks this weekend, though, as confident. I always feel confident <laughs> in them. Before.
0: Clint is a confident guy, and who do you all play this week? Your home versus the Browns.
1: Yep, okay. big big matchup, the Battle of Ohio and Cincinnati this, Ohio. this weekend after a little Thanksgiving feast on Thursday. All right, cool, dude. Well,
0: I might just holler at you on Twitter Thursday and ask you what your favorite dish on Thanksgiving is so you can repeat the absolute roasting of me from probably back in 2009 when I thought Twitter was like the coolest thing ever.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm sure that's one of your better tweets. You got on the <laughs> social media t- train way before anybody else did, and uh, it was fun looking at, that, at all your early Twitter moments. Yeah, I
0: can say you are... Maybe my best friend, but um, that did not stop you from absolutely making fun of me at any given opportunity. So, Clint, with that being said, I just want to say thank you one more time. Everybody, you can find Clint on Twitter, at CBowling60. Don't look for him on Instagram because it's fake, and that guy has blocked his own wife, which is awesome story. Aaron is at AaronMurray11. Keep in mind, he is in Hawaii, so bother him while he's on vacation. I'm at drewbutler 13 and you've been listening to Punt and Pass. We're at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram, at gmail.com. And we love to interact with all of you throughout the week. So once again, Clint, I really appreciate you. Uh, everybody wish Aaron a fun vacation in Hawaii. And most importantly, have a happy Thanksgiving. We've got big, thing pl- big, big, big things planned for SEC Championship Week. And we will keep everybody up to date on social media. So enjoy your holiday and check back in on Sunday. Everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. See you.